This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Tuesday, February 1st. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Universal Healthcare fails. Valley Air improves. USDA boosts port capacity. And better land reporting sought. Universal Healthcare bill fails to pass. In a major defeat for progressive lawmakers, Assemblymember Ash Calra of San Jose did not bring up his single-payer health care proposal for a floor vote yesterday. That means the bill has missed a critical deadline to advance this year. Calra was not able to gather enough votes for the controversial measure to pass, despite a Democratic stronghold in the Capitol. Assembly Speaker Anthony Rendon of Lakewood, who supported the measure, was deeply disappointed. He said the loss indicates, quote, the immense difficulty of implementing single-payer health care, but he expected more legislation to come. This is only a pause for the single-payer movement, said Calra. The facts are on our side that a single-payer system will save money and lives. San Joaquin Valley reaches air quality milestone. EPA issued a ruling yesterday showing the valley has reached a PM 2.5 air quality standard set in 1997. The standard requires readings for the particulate matter to stay below a certain threshold for a 24-hour span. The Valley Air District had failed to meet the original 2015 deadline for the attainment. To meet a 2020 secondary deadline, it developed more stringent rules with several targeting agriculture. Farm groups pushed to narrow the scope of those rules for achieving the most emission reductions, according to the Western Agricultural Processors Association. This is a significant achievement for the local air district, writes the association in an update to members, adding that this highlights the value of voluntary and incentive-based programs. USDA to boost ag export capacity at Port of Oakland. The Department of Agriculture announced yesterday plans to help fund a new 25-acre container yard at the Port of Oakland to try to help farmers get their rice, beef, pork, almonds, hay, and other agricultural commodities into containers and onto ships. USDA says the pop-up facility is part of its plan to reduce shipping problems that prevent ag exports. But a new container yard will not prevent vessel-operating common carriers, the large companies that own ships and containers, from canceling bookings for U.S. shipments of ag commodities, and that's often what is happening at West Coast ports in cities like Oakland, Long Beach, and Los Angeles. Some carriers are no longer servicing Oakland, and USDA says it recognizes the fact that the ship owners are refusing to accept containers with U.S. ag products. CDFA Secretary Karen Ross praised the action, saying it would improve access to overseas markets for California agriculture producers at a critical time of year for exports of high-value specialty crops. You can read our full report at agripulse.com. And on that note, Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack says the Biden administration wants to repeat the project elsewhere. The hope and the goal is that we're going to be able to expand this opportunity in other ports 
along the coast in the hope that eventually we see a more free-flowing effort on the export side. Vilsack said yesterday at an event hosted by AgriPulse and sponsored by the National Milk Producers Federation and the U.S. Dairy Export Council. Vilsack said the project should be up and functional by early March. You can read more about Vilsack's comments at agripulse.com. House Dem pressures administration to fix ports. Foreign market demand for U.S. ag commodities is strong, but they won't be worth a hoot if the U.S. doesn't stop ocean carrier companies from refusing to haul U.S. dairy, citrus, tree nuts, wine, hay, and other commodities. Representative John Garamendi of California said yesterday at the AgriPulse event, the Biden administration is rushing to do what it can to clear up congestion at West Coast ports in order to help U.S. ag exporters, but none of these efforts will get to the core of the problem, said Garamendi. He downplayed the project's impact and stressed the importance of his legislation that would stop carriers from refusing to load Asian-bound U.S. ag exports. So what's next? Well, ag groups are awaiting release of the Senate version of the Garamendi bill. Tougher foreign land reporting rules proposed. The House Rules Committee meets today to tee up floor debate on a sweeping U.S. competitiveness bill. The proposed amendment that the panel will consider for floor debate includes one that would tighten USDA disclosure requirements for foreign land ownership. The amendment by Representative Mark Polkin of Wisconsin would require USDA to create an online database of foreign-owned land and update the records every 90 days. USDA's latest data, which goes back to 2020, shows foreign interest on 37.6 million acres, or 2.9% of the nation's total farm, ranch, and forest land. Another proposed amendment offered by Representative Abigail Spanberger of the Virginia Democrat would require the administration to report back to Congress on, quote, foreign agriculture economic espionage of the U.S., including its impact on the U.S. economy and national security and emerging threats. Representative Angie Craig, the Minnesota Democrat, proposed to require the administration to, quote, evaluate the stability of the agriculture and food system supply chain. So what's next? Well, the House will debate the America Competes bill later this week. Well, here's today's He Said It. The rest of the time, I wore it. That Governor Newsom responding to controversy over a photo of him posing maskless with NBA star Magic Johnson over the weekend. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Tuesday, February 1st. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Daly.